you got to get passionate about this thing. If the cross doesn't move you, nothing will move you. I'm offering you something that's greater than silver and gold. I'm offering you something that's greater than an increase in your pay on your job. I'm offering you a... There's no shortcuts to the glory. Week to week living. We've got to multiply our prayer life. We've got to multiply our efforts. And we are willing to give. God will always give it back to us in good measure that is pressed down, shaken together, and running over. Hey, thanks for checking out our Christian Life Church podcast. You will be hearing from one of our pastors or guest speakers, either at our Frankfurt or Lebanon campus. Prepare your hearts and your minds to receive a word from God. Thanks for listening. Enjoy and receive this message. This morning, 2 Timothy chapter 1. And I'm going to read one verse, and then we're going to let the Lord speak to us today. I do believe that I have heard from the Lord this week. My prayer is that God would speak to hearts and lives in this room this morning. That no stone is left unturned today. That God exposes things in our heart to us that He can deal with and He can minister to. That He can speak life into dead situations. He can turn us around. Second Timothy chapter one, verse number seven: For God hath not given us the spirit of fear but he has given us a spirit but it's not that of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind with the help of the Lord today I want to speak to you from the subject avoiding the reality of fear Avoiding the reality of fear. Father, we need you this morning to speak into our hearts today. God, I believe that you have life to speak into somebody's spirit today. Lord, dead bones, dry bones can live again. Lord, that one that is under the load, Lord, desperate for victory in their lives. I pray this morning that your word finds a spot to begin to speak life back into that situation this morning. We honor you and magnify you in Jesus' name. Amen. God bless you. You can be seated today. This week I was reading the news and read of an article found an article and read an article that was intriguing and began to contemplate what I had read and I come to you this morning from that point of view. This week in Lviv, Ukraine, Belkis Willie, a human rights reporter, encountered a two-year-old boy that was in a shelter with his mother who refused to open his eyes. 
perhaps some of you read, it was a leading network that ran this article. Perhaps some of you read this article. There, she was reporting potential war crimes when she encountered the young child's mother, a beauty salon owner whose face wore new lines of stress and exhaustion. The day before, the boy, his mother, and his grandmother were forced to leave their home amid extreme shelling from the Russian aggression. The child's father and grandfather were forced by the Ukrainian government to stay behind in case they were called upon to join in the fight. Leaving the train, three generations of this family watched their homes their, and their city devastated by the unmatched trauma of war. The young, devastated two-year-old child was traumatized so deeply that he could not bear to watch the reality that was unfolding right before his eyes. So he decided that he no longer wanted to see. Look, the mother exclaimed, look at my son. My son hasn't opened his eyes since we left Kharkiv. The child, the article said, would rather be blind than deal with the reality and fear of war. Fear interrupts the processes in our brain that allows us to regulate emotions. There are a lot of issues that you and I deal with and don't even recognize that it is all birthed out of fear. Because of something we have experienced or something we have witnessed or something we have gone through in life it creates extreme fear, and every one of us respond to fear differently. Some respond to fear with flight, some with anger. All unguarded emotions are, and unregulated emotions are attached to fear. This impacts our thinking and decision-making in negative ways, leaving us susceptible to intense emotions and impulsive reactions. Thus, people do what they thought they would never do. Fear undermines trust. Fear sabotages our rationale. Fear smothers common sense, and fear destroys faith. I want you to say that with me. Fear destroys faith. And the truth is, we all deal with fear. David, with a heart bursting with desire to spread the good news of God's blessings and the provision of his presence, writes a song of unmatched trust in a sovereign God. In Psalm 27, he declares, The Lord is my light 
and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the strength of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? One in every five things he said was urging his followers to refuse fear and to not be afraid, to have courage, to take heart, to be of good cheer. It was Jesus Christ's most common command. He declared, fear not. He understood, he comprehended the human reality of fear and the experience and expressions of fear and how damning it could be to the human psyche, emotion, and even our soul. This is serious business with Jesus because that one statement that he made more than any other was, be not afraid. He didn't say not he didn't say don't don't try to be afraid, but he created it and worded it in the form of an absolute commandment when he looks at us and says, Be not afraid. When he walks upon the water and bids Peter to come unto him, he said, Peter, it is I. Don't be afraid to walk on water. What rationale is involved? The issue is, is Jesus knew that fear would be the, 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 the end of his ability to walk by faith. If Peter somehow could have refused fear, he would have never sank and had to cry out to Jesus. But Peter sank because of fear. To say that his word is in me and yet for me to be afraid, for me to be fearful and unbelieving, for me to say that God is in control of everything yet I live afraid? What is the thought process when we say, oh, God's in control of everything but as soon as the diagnosis comes, fear overwhelms us. We say God is in charge of everything in life, yet as soon as it's our family, our child, then all of a sudden fear grips our heart. For me to be fearful and unbelieving is contradicting of God's word in the very highest order. Fear, ladies and gentlemen, is not of God. God is love, and the scripture says perfect love. Help me this morning. Perfect love casteth out part of the fear, uh, most of the fear. Perfect love casteth out all fear. Somebody ought to thank God for that this morning because when you get God right in your life, Fear has to go. The word declares, for I have not given thee the spirit of fear. Knowing what fear does and how it undermines rationale, I have not given thee the spirit of fear, but of love and of joy and of a sound Mind. I have recovered everything that fear has done against you 
in your mind. Things that happen to us as children, things that happen to us as young adults, things that happen in our marital relationships all bring about fear and distrust and worry and doubt and then we begin to act irrational. And so we look to other sources to either drown out the fact that fear is ruling us or we become blinded by fear. And we reach the point of absolutely not being concerned any longer. If you're afraid of something, it's not of God. It's not because of God. You can't blame God for things that you are afraid of because He has not given us the spirit of fear. Fear enters our lives because of sin. It is sin's fault. So if you're afraid, if you deal with overwhelming fear, if you have responded irrationally to fear, it is not of God because God hates fear and God casts out fear. God did not give you the spirit of fear. Just like God will never tempt you, He will try you and test you, but He will never tempt you. At the same time, He will cast out fear, but we have to allow Him to do His work in our life so that fear can be driven away from us. Otherwise, fear will rule our life. Fear affects the kingdom of God. Really, Pastor, you're telling me the kingdom of God, the people of God, the church of the living God is affected by fear? Absolutely, because fear is connected to the human emotion. He could have made us like angels. Angels are not built to fear. Angels are built, they, they operate on commandment. But mankind is allowed the works of, hum, of humanity and human emotion within our lives. So therefore, fear becomes part of our life when God is not perfected in us. Well, pastor, what is my first step to overcoming fear? It is perfecting God in your life. How does one perfect God in your life? He's already perfect. Exactly. He is already perfect, but we have to make room for Him in our life to where He can work everything for our good. God is not working against you. God is not condemning you. God is not. He is fixing everything for your good. For we know. That all things work together for, for the good to them that love the Lord and are the called according to His purpose. God is in control. God is working everything for your good. It is humanity. It is the work of the flesh. It is demonic influences in your life that is working things against you and causes fear. So getting God right in our life is the first step of overcoming fear. Fear affects the kingdom of God because it causes us to stop trusting God for the very base things of life. We stop trusting God for daily bread. We, we get all worried 
even this week on a social media forum, I heard people asking, what are you doing and what are you recommending for the upcoming food shortage that is going to sweep the world because of what is happening in Ukraine? What are you doing? Aren't you afraid? Aren't you concerned? Absolutely not. Because I once was young, but now I'm old. And just like the writer said, I have never seen the righteous forsaken nor his seed begging bread. What are you telling me, Pastor? I'm telling you I honor God. I put God in control. I pay my tithes. I serve God. And I trust that he will always make a way. Fear causes man to look at fleshly means to survive in life. It's one of the very reasons that we are overcome by fear. When fear strikes us, we, we stop giving financially. We, we stop giving spiritually. We, we, we stop giving emotionally. Fear stops us from giving and sacrificing and committing ourselves. As a matter of fact, for most, for most it is fear that keeps us from worshiping. We're afraid of what somebody might think. We really don't have an issue of giving God praise and giving God honor and giving God glory. Most of us really have no issue in clapping our hands or shouting out loud to the Lord or, or getting involved in demonstrative worship. Most of us really, really, if you close the door, I mean, I, I've, I've been, I, I've seen some of you, you know, when your team is winning the ball game, I, I, I've seen, let me tell you, Phil Butler sits on the second row. I literally have played softball with him and seen him climb halfway up the fence of the backstop just over a good hit. It wasn't his. I've seen some say, well, it's not my personality, yet I see you get all worked up over something, all emotional over something, all outspoken over something that has nothing to do with you. Oh, but I'm not emotional. Yes, you are. The issue is, is fear causes us to worry about, well, I'm not doing that. That, that, how that looks, how that appears, how somebody may see me, how somebody may, may take me. It is all bound by fear. You know what hinders worship? Fear. Fear. You know what creates peer pressure? They should just call it fear pressure. Our youth, our kids go to school and they're all worried, I've got to have the right shoes. Am I meddling too much this morning? I've got to have the right brand. I, I even have to have the right backpack. I, I've got to sit at the right table. They become upset if they are not invited to even sit at the right table. They, they go to summer camp, they've got to get in the right dorm. They've got to ride the right bus. They've got to socialize with the 
What, what's building all of that? It's all fear that we'll not be accepted. It's all fear that somebody will look at us funny. It's all fear that somebody will have nothing, something to say about us because fear undermines faith. Fear sabotages faith. Fear smothers faith. Fear destroys faith. Listen, we must get control of fear. If we fail to control fear, fear will control us. When the church becomes afraid, we will not fulfill our purpose in this life. Unmistakably, we're taught in the Bible that the just shall live by faith, not fear. He wants us to know that he's not in the business of fear. He doesn't want us to, as children, clinging to fear. He wants his children living in perfect love. Walking by faith. Fear's not of God. Fear comes from Satan. But the issue is, is we all deal with fear. And so if we're not real careful, what we will do because of fear is we too will close our eyes. Rather than deal with the reality that is around us, we, like the two-year-old child from Ukraine, will close our eyes and refuse to open them because we cannot bear to see the reality around us. Ask yourself, why am I afraid of a spirit that will run at the mere suggestion of resistance? So fear is of Satan, right? Here's what the Bible says. There's people that are afraid of the devil and they talk about it all the time. You know, oh boy, the devil's after me, the devil. Here's what the scripture said. Resist the devil, and what does he do? Am I in the word this morning? Resist the devil and he will flee from you. All you have to do is stand up to the bully. He's a bully. He talks, he speaks lies into your ear. He puts everything in front of you. He causes you to see everything that is wrong. He causes you to see the fault in everything else. He is nothing but a bully telling you you're never going to survive this world. You're never going to get out of here. You're never nobody cares about you. Nobody loves you. God doesn't really know where you are. You don't really have any friends in the church. You're not really con all he is is a bully. The Bible says if you'll resist him that he will flee from you and then the writer goes on and tells us how to resist him he said but being steadfast 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 in the faith there is no fear in love perfect love cast out all fear God doesn't want us to be fearful he hates fear as a matter of fact he won't even let you into heaven with fear and unbelief in your life. He wants us to understand that he is bigger, greater, more powerful than anything that this world can do to you. Because Satan is the prince of the power of the air. He, he only has domain in this arena. He only has domain in this arena. Yet, you and I have the power through the Holy Ghost. We have the power to live in this sinful world, yet walk above sin. Mm -hmm. 
oh, I feel my help this morning. I, I, I like just reminding the church once in a while. You know why you must be filled with the Holy Ghost? Because repentance is good. It's turning from your evil ways. Baptism is wonderful. It washes away everything in the past. But the Holy Ghost is the seal. We are sealed with the Holy Spirit of promise. It is the seal that divides between where you were and where you are. It is the seal. It is that that divides. When you are filled with the Holy Ghost, you are able to live in this sinful world, yet the effects of the sinful world does not have to affect you the way it did before you were filled with the Holy Spirit. So the Holy Ghost is more than just for you to come to church and feel good and more than just for you to speak with other tongues. But the Holy Ghost has a work that it does within you. The Bible said you shall receive power after that the Holy Ghost has come upon you and you shall be witnesses. You know what that witness is? It's not just a testimony of words. That witness is your life is going to witness to everybody that I'm living in this sinful world. But it doesn't have a hold on me. It doesn't have a grip on me. This world is not my home. I'm not like everybody else. I've come out from among the world, and I am living a separated and holy life. No wonder the psalmist said, The Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? <laughs> when you've got God on your side, what? What, what is there to fear? I'm trying to get through to somebody today that's dealing with fear in your life. Fear is the absence of faith in God and His ability and His desire. I want you to get this with me. I want you to get this in your mind today. Most of us can say, yeah, I know God can. I've heard people, this is all I've ever known is the church. I've heard people all of my life, well, I know God can. But you know what? God also desires for you to live without fear. He desires to make your life better. He desires you to live in the fullness of truth. He desires for you to live. God wants it. It's His desire. It is his will but the difference is, is you've got to, to, to move away from a, a, a faith that is clouded by fear and move into the perfect faith that God has for you that says there is nothing that no good thing that he is going to withhold from me because I walk uprightly so this is how this is how, how Satan works through fear to stop revival in the church. You're the church, not the building. If the church gets, gets fearful and stops living by faith, then we will not fulfill our purpose. Here's what the, the writer said. I've got to hurry this morning. They, they took the clock down in the back so I can't see it, so... I don't know. I didn't change my clock. Um, you have not received the spirit of bondage again unto fear. Did you get that? You didn't receive. He didn't fill you with the Holy Ghost, and then you receive another spirit that is the spirit of bondage unto fear. Can I break that down for you? When you received the Holy Ghost, he gave you the spirit of promise. 
He gave you the hope of eternal life. He broke the, the, the bonds of, of fear. When you have received the Holy Ghost, you don't go back and receive another spirit that is the spirit of bondage unto fear. But you have received the spirit of adoption. Well, Pastor, you don't know where I came from, who my family was. None of that matters. I've been adopted into the family of God. I'm a child of God. It doesn't matter what I was. I'm a child of the Lord. I'm a child of the King. I've been adopted into a brand new family. I have not been given the spirit of bondage unto fear, but I have received the spirit of adoption. Whereby I cry, Abba Father, a connection into speaking with other tongues that is connected with the Holy Spirit. And the Spirit beareth witness with our spirit that we are the children of God. And if children, then we are heirs. You know, it doesn't really matter. It doesn't matter how you come to church. It doesn't matter how you dress and, and look when you come to church. We're just glad you're here. I, I don't sometimes I like to get up and it's just a Monday or Tuesday and I get up and my kids will say, Where are you going today, Dad? I'm just going to the office. Do you have meetings? You're you're awfully dressed up. No, the devil's been beating me up a little bit about who I am. He's been reminding me about who I was and where I came from. And he's been, so you know what I decide sometimes? I decide sometimes just to get up, get my shower, dress a little nicer, look in the mirror and say, I'm a king's kid. I'm not talking about, come on now, go with me. I'm not talking about how you look on the outside. I'm talking about the work. You've got to look your, some of you need to get up in the morning and look yourself in the mirror. And you need to say it doesn't matter what the devil speaks to me. When I look into that mirror, you need to look and say, uh-uh, uh-uh, I am a child of the Lord. I have been adopted. I don't have to live in fear. God is not against me. Fear doesn't rule my life. I'm a child of the king. I've got to hurry. I've got to hurry. If our lives are characterized by fear, then we understand it's not of God. Because fear is Satan's doorway into our life. God is great, and he is greater than anything that can happen in our lives. This is, this is what you must remember when the enemy is throwing everything at you. When you have fear, it is because we are wrestling with the ever-settled truth of this word. I'm saying enough to you this morning that could absolutely change somebody's life because some of us, have we have bought into the world's psychological view that because of who my daddy was and my grandpa was, I have to be. No. Oh, oh, yeah, that's what the textbook says. No, I am 
a new creature. New, new creature, a new creation. Old things are passed away. All things are made new. I am born again. I am not, I no longer have a connection. The writer said, I am not, I don't have to live according to the ordinance of the flesh. The flesh no longer dictates to me what I have to do. I am an heir and a joint heir with Jesus Christ. This is just how God said he wants us to live, not fearful, but strong in the Lord. I don't care who you are. The stout arm of the workman is going to grow weary. The wrinkles are ultimately going to spoil the finest of faces, and the graceful form of youth is going to bend to a tottering shell of its youth until finally there is a grave, and the actor is ultimately going to walk off of the stage, and the man of youthful genius will become a mad man, and the orator's tongue is going to eventually fail him but God said I am God and I change not when I gave you my word I stand upon my word everything else fails but my word will never fail it is forever settled in heaven What God is saying is I can't get any weaker and I will not get any weaker. I will not let you down. I will not change my mind. And at his weakest moment on the cross, he was still stronger than the fear of death. And he looks the enemy in the face and says, no man takes my life, but I lay it down. That's how David said, yea, Though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. Come on, somebody. God is greater than your fear. He's bigger than your mess. And he has power that will overcome whatever that you have walked away from, walked out of, been delivered from. Your past is just that. It does not have to dictate your future. I feel the help of the Holy Ghost this morning. It doesn't matter what has happened in your past. It is behind you. You don't have to live with the fear of a recompense of your fear, of of your past. You now can declare. I am new in Christ Jesus. The one in whom there is no changing. There is no variableness. There is neither shadow of turning. So why am I fearful? God's promises are not subject to the clock and the calendar. They are, they are true for one time and for all. The psalmist said, I will fear no evil for thou art with me. Hey, if God's on our side, whom shall we fear? I want you to say it with me. God's with me. Look at your neighbor and tell him God's with me. God's on my side. God has ordered my steps. Listen, he stuck the dagger deeper into the heart of unfounded fear when he said, thou preparest a table before me in the presence of mine 
enemies, anything that brings fear to me. You know why, why it's an enemy? You know why we were fearful of we, we become fearful of enemies? Because we are focused on them. But he prepares a table before me in the presence of mine enemies. He anoints my head with oil. My cup runs over right in front of my enemies. Because the people that said you would never amount to anything are going to have to watch you glow. Somebody said you're never going to, but you're never going to get out of that lifestyle. They've got to sit back and watch and say, well, I'm waiting for them to get back and to fall back. You can just keep looking at me if you want to. I'm not what I used to be. I may not be everything I want to be, but I'm not what I used to be. I am a work in progress and fear is not controlling my future. Listen, there's a great benefit. i got to wrap this up. There's a great benefit in walking this highway of holiness that we're walking on. People say, oh, why in the world? Why do you live the way you do? Because there's benefits in walking this highway called holiness. Some of you elders have walked this way for a long time. ought to testify this morning when Isaiah wrote those exciting promises of, of, of a time when he said the eyes of the blind will be open and the, e- and the deaf ears would be unstopped and the lame would leap as a heart and the tongue of the dumb would sing. And then he spoke of some other issues when he said strengthen the weak hands and confirm the feeble knees. Same chapter. He said say, uh, say unto them that are of a fearful heart be strong and fear not. And then he tells us the reason that he could promise us that protection from the ills and evils of the world around us. The very next line tells us, For an highway shall there be, and it is a way that shall be called the way of holiness. Are you ready? He says, And the unclean shall not pass over it. Watch, his, watch this scenario. He said, And no lion shall be there. (laughs) In other words, the devil's not going to be there. He's the roaring lion. Anybody with me this morning? He said, nor any ravenous beast. What's he talking about? He's talking about this highway of holiness. This is what happens when you begin to walk the highway of holiness, when you begin to walk the way of God. He said, there is a pathway that that, that, that the lion can't get up to and the otter can't get up to and no ravenous beast can get up there. It is a highway that is called holiness. I'm going to tell you, you can walk through this life unafraid. I'm going to tell you why that you can be you you can live without being fearful because he said there is a path that the lion can't get up to and there is a path that the ravenous beast cannot climb up to there is a place of safety for the redeemed of the Lord this is why you don't have to live in fear because people are telling you oh my goodness uh, aren't you afraid that this is going to happen or that absolutely not because I am walking the highway of holiness Job said it this way he said there is a path that the vulture's eyes have not even been able to see. You know the vultures, they're the ones that fly high and look down. He said there is a path that is so high that those ravenous beasts that that David wrote about, Job said the vulture can't even get, his eye has never seen it because it is a pathway that is above anything that should bring fear to you. The the vulture that feeds on on all of the, the, the... 
the dead and, and, and the wounded and the, and the afflicted. He said, no, uh, no, 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 no. He said, this highway, it, it's not going to deal with death and fear and wounds and wounded. Uh, this, this highway, the vulture's eyes have never seen. And then he goes on to say, he that dwelleth in the secret place of the Most High shall abide under the shadow of the Almighty. I will say of the Lord, he is my refuge and fortress, my God, and in him will I trust. And then he goes on to say, lead me to the rock that is higher than I. For thou, O Lord, hast been a shelter unto me. A shelter for me. And he will deliver thee from the noise, from the snare of the fowler, and from the noise and pestilence. He shall cover thee with his feathers, and with his wings thou shalt trust. He, he, his truth shall be thy shield and thy buckler. Thou shalt not be afraid for terror by night, nor arrow that flieth by day, nor pestilence that walketh in darkness, nor the destruction that raceth at noonday. A thousand shall fall at thy right side, and ten thousand at thy right hand. But it shall not come nigh unto thee, because thou hast made the Lord, which is the most high thy happiness habitation in thy refuge. There shall no evil befall thee, neither shall there be any plague. Come nigh unto thy dwelling, for he shall give his angels charge over thee to keep thee in all of thy ways. He shall bear thee up in their arms, lest thou shalt dash your foot against the stone. Thou shalt tread upon the lion and the otter and the dragon and shall trample them underfoot. Somebody in this house today ought to receive the word of the Lord and get up on your feet in this house house and give God praise because you are walking down a highway that the enemy can't get to. The, 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 there is no reason to live in fear. You are walking the highway of holiness. Come on, lift your voice and give God praise. Come on, lift your voice in the house right now. Hallelujah. can't live in fear and operate in an element of faith. We have to drive out fear with our faith. Now, I want to take you one step further into the realm of faith because we have to put faith into action. Fear fights against faith, but faith put into action will always win over fear. Faith put into action is where we get the word trust. Everybody say trust. It's where we get the word trust. It's where we realize I can't do this on my own. In fact, this is where we must go to today. A step beyond faith and into the realm of trust. When I don't know what to do, when life seemingly overwhelms me, when my past comes up and begins to haunt me. When I wonder if I'm walking on this highway of holiness by myself. When I can't find my way. When I don't know what to do. We walk by faith and not by sight. That, that means we're walking in trust. Somebody came in my office a few days ago and said, Pastor, 
This has happened many times. Recently, in the last, I don't know, couple of months, I probably had three or four different people come to my office and say, I sometimes feel like I'm going through the motions. I'm not feeling anything. I'm not sensing anything. I'm not seeing anything. I don't hear God speaking to me. What do I do? And I smiled and I said, you're in good company. Because there are times that God speaks to me often. There's times that I feel His presence often. And then there's been seasons. Any of you saints in this house that's lived for God any time can say, I've been through some seasons that I didn't hear God, didn't feel God, God wasn't talking to me. And I started wondering, is there something wrong with me? It's during that season that we learn to walk by faith and not by feel. We walk by faith and not by sight. It's the dimension called trust. It's that I've got your word. I'm living according to your word. I'm being faithful to you. And it doesn't matter if I don't see you working. I know behind the scenes you're working. It doesn't matter if I don't feel you working. I know you're working. When I don't know what to do, I walk by faith. Trust is the level that is beyond faith. When I can't find my way and I've done everything that I know to do, it's trust that causes me just to stand because that's what His Word says. When having done all to stand, just, just stand. Some of you know what I'm talking about. You, you've been down this road and you've had to learn just, just to stand. Trust said it, it would be easier to panic See, you can't panic and trust at the same time. You can't have fear and faith at the same time. I have to walk in calm assurance. When I'm in the midst of all the chaos in this world, and the pain of emotional and spiritual loss tries to take my mind away from everything that God is doing, take me to a place where all I can hear is the voice of fear telling me, I'm not going to make it. You're not going to get through this. You feel like you're losing your way. It's at that moment that you walk in that dimension of trust. Because when you're walking in the dimension of trust, Satan cannot walk in the dimension of trust. Get this, get this in your mind. When you are walking down the road of trust, Satan cannot get to you. He can only get to you when you're walking where fear can tread. But faith and trust cannot walk together. Fear and trust cannot walk together. When you're walking with faith and trust, the enemy cannot get to you. I don't know where this journey is going and what it's going to look like, but the Word of God does tell me how it's going to end. I choose to trust God. Doesn't matter what the report looks like, I'm trusting God. Doesn't matter what the doctor says, I'm trusting God. Doesn't matter how dark it gets in this world, I'm trusting God. Trust in the Lord with all thine heart. Lean not to your own understanding. Here's what the writer said. Some trust in chariots and some in horses. But we, 
we'll remember the name of the Lord our God. Listen, you can close your eyes and refuse to accept the reality that is happening around you. We're living in a world that is full of chaos and darkness. Wars and rumors of wars. Famine and pestilence. We are living in the last days. Closing your eyes and denying it is not going to change your reality. If you're not careful, you'll close your eyes and live in fear. Afraid to open your eyes. But here's what the, the writer said. Lift up your head. Lift up your eyes. Lift up your head for your redemption draweth nigh. It's a web all through the scripture. I'm trying to tell somebody this morning that's living under that bondage of fear. I'm opening these altars to you here in just a moment. I'm going to tell you, if you'll come today and declare I'm putting the past behind me, you repent of your sins, you ask God to forgive you, we have water, we have robes, we'll baptize you today in the name of Jesus. And when you go down in that water, you come up out of that water, your past is over. You come up out of there a new creature. He will fill you with a baptism of the Holy Ghost seal you with this spirit of promise for you to live a new life. You don't have to leave here full of fear. You can leave here walking that highway that he calls holiness. Maybe somebody has slipped and stepped aside. Maybe somebody has let fear to begin to come back into your heart and mind. I welcome you to come this morning and resist the devil and declare I'm not walking that road any longer but I'm walking by faith. The altars are open this morning the word of the Lord has spoken to you today. Why don't you step forward? Come on, let's respond to the word of the Lord today. Come on, he can change it for you. Come on, turn this house into a prayer room for a few moments. this morning. Brother to brother, sister to sister, maybe you want to step with somebody and let them know, I'm going to pray with you. You're not alone in this battle. You're not walking this road alone. The blessings of the Lord are rich this morning. 